Welcome back to our general nutrition series all month long in August. And today we are diving into a much requested topic. We are going to be talking about how to help your kids with general nutrition. Now, hang on with me for a minute, because if you don't have kids, this episode is absolutely still going to be relevant for you because we're not just talking about concepts that only apply to kids. These concepts we're going to be talking about today are also fantastic for adults or for anyone who might be struggling with disordered eating or including more nutrient dense foods expanding to a greater variety. We're going to be talking about a lot of things today and there's no way we could jump into everything. So I am absolutely going to put um, a little hold on this episode and we're going to make sure we back it up with additional episodes on nutrition with your kids, probably later this fall. Um, So if there are specific questions that you guys have as you're listening that you want to know about when it comes to how do I support nutrition, you know, with my kids or with my teens, send me a DM on Instagram at Bernie Braswell RD and let me know. So for today, um, for this quick hit, quick hit episode, we're really going to be looking at what are some of the biggest mistakes that we see? What are some of the ones, especially as a dietitian, that I see a lot of my clients and students bringing up when they're wanting to set um, healthy boundaries and have healthy conversation around food and body with their kids. So if you have ever wondered that, or if maybe you're in the midst of a struggle with some disordered eating and you know, Brittany, this is not something I want to pass on to my kids. I don't want them to be concerned about food. I don't want them to be fearful or apprehensive about their body. We're going to start talking about that today. So let it sink in and help. Hopefully at the very least, this will help you to tune in on a lot of the conversations maybe that you even hear going on around you. So let's just start off with maybe some of the common mistakes or holdups that I see or hear happening a lot when it comes to dealing with nutrition with our kids. Um, One of the first ones is I often hear parents, and I I hear this so, so frequently, parents that make eating nutrient-dense, healthful foods seem like a chore or a have to. I have been guilty of this myself, not realizing it sometimes just after getting frustrated that um, my kids aren't necessarily always eating a variety of foods. But we don't want to demonize any foods by saying like, you don't have to eat these on your plate, but you do have to eat that because this matters more because that makes every, every food has a different variety of benefits. And so we don't want to make certain foods feel like a chore. Another one is hiding vegetables. Now, you may be sitting here rolling your eyes going, Brittany, if I if my kids see vegetables, they're not going to eat them. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case, although that may be for you right now. I personally am not a fan of hiding vegetables because it, it also just perpetuates this idea that, hey, they're bad. They're not going to eat them if they see them because they have some you know, thought process or misconception about them. Um, so I am a huge proponent of Introducing vegetables in a variety of ways. We'll get to that more in a few minutes. Another big mistake that I see coming up, and please give yourself grace if you have fallen into any of these traps or are currently making any of these mistakes. Give yourself grace. This is really, really common, but it's something that once you have some awareness around, it's it becomes a lot easier to be able to make changes. So moving away, this goes for anybody, using words like junk or, oh, this is a treat food, or that's unhealthy to describe what I would consider a play food or a fun food. These are foods that are typically going to be really palatable, foods that kids are going to be more apt to go towards, things like maybe chicken nuggets or um, pizza or hot dogs, things that 
still have nutritional benefit, but they have a little less nutrient density to them. Okay. Meaning a little less things like, um, protein, fiber, vitamins, and minerals in some cases. Okay. So these foods are also fine. Please. We've got to stop using words like this is junk or this is unhealthy. That again, creates morality with food. And when you start seeing foods as bad, then you, we often intentionally or unintentionally kind of transfer that to ourselves and we start feeling like, oh, well, we're bad because we ate that. Okay. Um, another common mistake I see is not giving the kid, not giving children the opportunity to experience a food in a variety of ways. So we're going to dive into this more, but you can't just offer a food one time or in one way. I, for the longest time, thought that I hated tomatoes because I mostly just saw them like sliced or cut up on salads or on hamburgers and Personally, I, I don't like tomatoes on my hamburger, but I love them in tons of other ways. And so when you can provide foods and present them in different ways, it gives kids an opportunity to see what they like, not just from a flavor standpoint, but also a texture standpoint. And then the last kind of common mistake or holdup I'll touch on today is essentially trying to tell your kids how their body feels. So what I mean by this is saying, like, well, how can you still be hungry? You, you, or you must still be hungry. You didn't eat enough. You've got to be hungry or well, you finished your plate or you finished X amount. You're just full. We do not know. You do not know how anybody else feels. I am preaching to the choir on this because I know sometimes I catch myself, even with my daughter who sometimes doesn't eat very much in the evenings. Her intake really balances out throughout the entirety of a day, but sometimes in the evening, she won't be eating enough of what I think is enough. And I'll, and I'll tell her like, you have got to still be hungry or you're going to be hungry 10 minutes from now. And even though that might be the case, sometimes we cannot assume that we know how their body feels. So one of the things you can do, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit is if you're concerned about how much volume wise that your kids are eating, are they eating enough? Do you feel like they're eating more? Is start to have conversation with them about how are they recognizing if they're hungry or if they're full and when and to what degree. There's not just, hey, I'm super hungry or I'm absolutely maxed out on fullness. This is like on a on a scale, right? You can have a little bit of hunger a moderate amount, a lot of hunger. So this would be a conversation for another day on another episode of the podcast, but starting to have some of those conversation on, oh, okay, you're still hungry. Well, how do you know you're still hungry? What does that feel like in your body? And starting to explore those kind of conversations instead of assuming we know how they feel. Um, When these types of mistakes come up or when these types of conversations that are maybe less helpful come up, Oftentimes kids can, when it comes to things like hiding vegetables or telling them, Hey, you have to do this. It can often feel like, okay, eating those vegetables or eating whatever that nutrient dense food is can feel like a punishment. Okay. Or it can feel like, well, I have to eat this before I'm allowed to eat that. Okay. We don't want that to happen. This can also result in a lot of disordered behaviors because if you, if you're using a lot of that good food, bad food language, or, well, you don't need to have a treat right now, or no, that's junk food. We don't need to eat that. That's often going to result in kids hiding food. They're either going to have a, have a snack at school that you might not deem healthy or appropriate or whatever it might be. And they're not going to want to tell you about it. They might be at a friend's house or a sporting event or a, a birthday party. 
and they're either going to think they're not allowed to have it or they're going to they're going to eat it and want to do it in secret. We do not want to start creating these kinds or perpetuating these kind of behaviors in our kids. We want them to be able to freely and comfortably eat in front of us and other people. And when we start imposing our own um, assumptions on how full or hungry they might still be, we're not allowing or giving them the opportunity to experience how their body feels with different types and amounts of both those fun play foods as well as nutrient-dense foods. This is something that I had to learn as a dietitian once I had kids because part of me wanted to go, oh no, son, you don't need to eat all those gummy bears all at one time. But you know what? After a couple of times of letting him like giving him the opportunity to eat more than what I thought would be helpful. He started learning and going, Oh mommy, my tummy hurts. And I was able to say, Hey, do you realize how many of those gummy bears you ate when your tummy was kind of empty? You know, if you didn't have other food on your tummy, that's probably why it doesn't feel so good. We need some other foods so that it doesn't, it doesn't hurt like that. So he's, he can self-regulate. Now he'll eat some gummy bears or he'll eat something else. And then he'll leave some there and he'll go, I'm going to save these for later. So my tummy doesn't hurt. Okay. This is, this is not a perfect process and we can't expect ourselves or our kids to be perfect eaters. There is no such thing. It's just a matter of, I won't say it's just, but a big part of it is awareness and being able to tune into our bodies and not be afraid about what we're going to experience with that. So what I want you to hear from this, I'm going to give you kind of four um, suggestions or tips, strategies to help you introduce and introduce the concept of general nutrition and promote nourishing foods in your home as well and get your kids excited about it. But what I would really want you to hear from this and hopefully walk away from is that you really don't have to be a nutrition expert. You don't even have to be fully recovered from a disordered relationship with food in order to help your kids have a healthy relationship with food. Okay. We're not going to so much talk about body image in this process. Um, I really want to focus on the nutritional aspect of things today. That's also another conversation for another day. Um, however, I, I, I hope that you get to the end of this episode and realize, Hey, it's okay if my relationship with food isn't where I want it to be yet. I can still demonstrate and be a part of the process of helping my kids have a, a neutral and healthy and peaceful and joy-filled relationship with food. So the first tip or strategy that I want to share with you um, to help your kids with general nutrition is to provide a wide variety of foods for them throughout the week. And I'm going to say this because I'm going to add the caveat on do this as you're able Okay, I realize not everyone has access to or financial resources to always provide a wide variety. Um, something that I will say, if you're concerned from a budget standpoint, I did a whole nother episode in this series on eating healthy on a budget. Be sure to check that out. Um, but when we, we can provide a variety of foods and not just pick their favorite items, right? Kids get in, um, we use the term a food jag, meaning like maybe they have four or five foods that like that is all they want to eat. Okay, we went through those stages where for my kids, it was meatballs for a while or it was chicken nuggets. And when you can add some variety to that, maybe you have meatballs or chicken nuggets three or four nights a week, but you can still add other foods to complement those things on the table. Okay, and 
whenever you offer a new food, I do this with adults as well. Anytime you are offering a new food, especially one that you are um, wanting to kind of add some nutritional value, you know, to their meal with, include it either in addition to or as part of a familiar food. Okay, so if they love to dip their pizza in ranch dressing, then provide some ranch some ranch dressing for them to dip their their veggies in. Or if it's guacamole and they love to eat guacamole and tortilla chips, provide some guacamole and they can dip their pretzels or their crackers or their bell peppers or their carrots, whatever in it. Anytime we compare familiar food with something that's new, and especially when it's something that is familiar that we really enjoy the flavor profile or the texture, it can be really helpful. And you don't, you don't want to give a kid a plate with all brand new foods that they've never seen. They're typically going to be a little bit unsure. Not all the time. Some, some kids have a, are a little more um, receptive to trying a bunch of new foods at one time. But oftentimes, especially for young kids, it can be really helpful to provide no more than one or two new foods at a time. It just is a little more um, peaceful of an experience and they may or may not touch them the first few times, but part of it is to can to, to continue to offer it. So like there are some vegetables I know my kids don't typically eat as often and I'll tell them, Hey, I'm going to at least put it on your plate. And if I would like for you to try it, but if you don't try it, we're just going to leave it on our plate. We're not going to push it away or put it off to the side or put it on brother's plate or sister's plate or mom or dad's plate. Because part of that too is exposure. Sometimes a new food can feel unfamiliar and I won't say unsafe necessarily, but sometimes it's just giving that, giving them the opportunity to have it on their plate and at least visually notice it there. Okay. Um, the next tip. So that first one was providing a wide variety of foods. The second one is make those nutrient dense or nourishing foods as fun as, and as exciting as you can when you have those opportunities. So part of the, my favorite way to do that is to let your kids get in the kitchen. Mine have had so much fun recently. We have grown some produce and y'all, I, I do not have a green thumb, but thankfully we do have, (laughs) we have some tomatoes, some peppers and some strawberries growing on our front porch right now. And they have thoroughly loved it. I got a video. I think I shared it in an Instagram story a little while back. And my son, we had pulled one of the bell peppers off our front porch and he put it and I sliced it and he knew it was there. He was in the kitchen. He helped me wash it. We cut it and they enjoy bell peppers, but he took a bite and he goes, mom, this is the best bell pepper I've ever tasted in my whole entire life. (laughs) And I loved it because he got to be a part of it. He got to help water it. He got to watch it grow. He got to pluck it. And you may have an opportunity to do something like that. Have a small indoor plant. If you don't, even just letting your kids get in the kitchen and be a part of washing the produce or peeling and cutting, you know, some fruits or veggies or mixing and stirring something around. My son is only five and he is like a professional egg cracker. Now, I think he's only gotten shell in the bowl like once or twice in the last two years. He loves it. So there are plenty of age appropriate tasks that kids can help with. Yes, you can anticipate there's probably going to be a little more mess to clean up, but it gives you opportunity to have more time with them. It gets them involved in the process and it helps them to see, hey, what's on my plate isn't always how it started. They get to see that change. Um, Another way that you can make it fun and exciting, use fun shapes. You can use cookie cutters to cut things like, um, like we love to cut watermelon. You can use 
fun, like a star shape or a heart or circles or squares or your favorite characters. Um, you can do that with things like cheese or little veggies. Um, mine, depending on what it is, like sometimes we'll slice carrots in circles. Sometimes we'll do them long. So they're kind of more like, you know, stick or they're like easier to dip that way. So just think about tactile wise too. Like how do your kids like to experience textures and what's going to be easy for them to either pick up with their hands or poke on a fork. If they have a hard time picking it up or getting it to their mouth, they're probably not going to eat it. So if it's something that you can make finger food friendly, that can be super helpful. Um, Or if you can get it to a texture that's a lot easier to get in a spoon or on a fork without a lot of extra effort, that can be really helpful as well. Um, And kind of like I said earlier, another way just to make it fun is to add one of their like really fun or preferred foods to something new. So this might look like taking apple slices, put some peanut butter on them, and then sprinkle them with some chocolate chips. Um, It might be taking something like yogurt. Maybe if they don't eat a lot of yogurt and you want them to get some extra calcium and protein, put a fun topping on it like um, cookie crumbles or rainbow sprinkles or cereal pieces. This was a, this is something that my kids really, they love yogurt now. Um, But instead of having a bowl of cereal with milk every morning, you could do some mornings have um, a bowl of yogurt and put their favorite cereal on top. It doesn't always have to be granola or something else. So those are a few ways to make it fun. Um, The third suggestion or tip I have for you to help your kids with general nutrition is to prepare new foods in a variety of ways. I have already alluded to this or mentioned it a little bit, but I'll give you a few examples here. Um, When I was introducing my kids to avocados, because I love them, I love to eat avocado, I first tried it just sliced. Like we peeled it, we sliced it, and I put it on top of, I don't know, chicken or something else. Not a huge fan. They didn't love the, the slick kind of texture of it. So we offered it. We did guacamole. Another way we offered it was kind of like just smashing it, which they love to be a part of, like put it in a bowl and give them a fork or something and let them smash it. And then we put a little salt and pepper and put it on top of toast. Um, One of their favorite ways that we introduced avocado was we made avocado fries. And I say made, I did not make them. I bought them frozen, Um, but you can make them. I've made them as well. You literally just take avocado, slice it up sort of thick, um, and you can just roll it, like take some panko breadcrumbs, add a little bit of salt, pepper, some Parmesan, shredded Parmesan cheese, um, and just pop it in the oven. And we baked it until the outside got crispy. And they loved that. And it was a whole lot easier for them to pick up texturally because it wasn't, you know, real slick or overly smooth on the outside. It had that texture from the breadcrumbs and they could dip it in a dressing if they wanted to, or they could just eat it as is. So consider having that variety of texture and means in which you offer a new nourishing or nutrient-dense food. Same thing with something like a vegetable. Try it, offering it both raw and cooked. Offer it with maybe different seasonings or in different shapes or forms. Um, You can include vegetables as an ingredient in something else. So like one way my kids really started enjoying things like carrots was we got like a veggie lasagna once and they, I knew they loved the cream sauce that came in it. It was more like an Alfredo. And so they got to see the little bits of color in there from carrot and zucchini and I don't know, something else, maybe like spinach. So think about how can you include vegetables into a dish that they already enjoy And again, not hiding it. They need to know it's in there, um, but it gives them an opportunity to experience a little bit of the texture, a little bit of the flavor without it being new and overwhelming. 
Um, and one of my favorite ways to include new vegetables, especially, and I love having my kids help me with this, is to add them to a pasta sauce. Like just take a plain jar of, you know, red marinara sauce and then take your vegetables and you can, I like to do frozen because I think they're easier. Um, and I'll just pour some vegetables in like a microwave safe dish, pop it in the microwave with a little bit of water for like a minute or two, just to get them softened drain the water out and then throw those vegetables in like a food processor with your red sauce and blend them all up. It makes it nice and thick. It gives um, some extra fiber and kind of helps with that satiety or fullness factor. And it's a really great way to give your pasta a veggie boost without having just like, you know, larger pieces of something like broccoli or asparagus or whatever else it might be. Um, And again, the goal here is not to hide it. It's to let your kids see, hey, this can be delicious and I can try this in a new way. And hell, maybe I actually do like carrots or I do like peppers. I just don't like the texture of them maybe when they're in a larger form. So it's a great way to experiment. And the last one, I already mentioned this as one of the frequent mistakes that we make as adults, um, not just with our kids, but with ourselves, is number four. Um, tip here is to always use neutral language when describing food. So getting rid of that good food, bad food language of this is healthy, this is unhealthy, this is clean, this is junk. Okay. Instead, focus on what are some of the benefits that those foods can give you. There are going to be benefits that are nutritional. There are going to be benefits that have to do with the way it tastes, with how it makes your body feel, with the satiety differences or like, hey, this food helps me to feel full a little bit longer. This food doesn't hold me, hold me quite as long. So having some of those kind of conversations with your kids can be super helpful. Um, Some of the things that my kids are slowly learning and they are three and five at the time of this recording, um, I will hear my son regularly say, protein helps my muscles grow so I can run fast like the flash. (laughs) So he's starting to understand protein is good for so many things besides just muscle growth. Um, But that's one that he has picked up on that like, hey, they're going to make my muscles strong and that's going to help me run faster. And that connects to a value of his because he has so much fun running. He loves it. He loves to run around and play and have the energy to do it. Um, They are starting to understand that different types of grains help give them energy and it helps them to focus longer. Um, They get very easily distracted and moody when they're hungry. And so we're able to connect, hey, when you eat, you know, your rice or whenever you eat your whatever it is that we're having that night, um, whatever type of grain or, you know, potatoes or sweet potatoes or anything, hey, this is going to help me focus a little bit more and it's going to give me energy. And then something else my son has picked up picked up on is we'll talk about, Hey, milk has calcium in it. Um, and it has a lot of really great vitamins and minerals. And so he'll, he'll tell us, well, milk makes my teeth stronger so I can chomp stuff. (laughs) And, uh, and so being able to just connect some of the benefits, both nutritionally and otherwise, um, to different foods to, especially to those nutrient dense foods that we're wanting to encourage and introduce can make a huge difference for kids. Not just, Hey, you have to eat this or you need to eat this because your body needs it, but how can you really help them to understand maybe why their body needs it or what it can do for them or how tasty and enjoyable it really can be. There's lots of different ways to go about that. And we don't have to include good food, bad food language to pressure them into eating something. So just as a quick recap, um, number one tip for helping your kids with gentle nutrition is provide a wide variety of foods for them throughout the week as you're able. 
Number two, make foods nourish, make those nourishing foods as fun and exciting as possible. Great way to do that, getting them in the kitchen. Number three, prepare new food in a variety of ways. Okay, so in addition to having a variety of foods, take one food and prepare it in several different ways and present that. If they say, hey, I don't like this, don't just stop offering it. Offer it more than once and try it in different ways. And number four, always use neutral language when describing food. I hope this um, episode and conversation has been really helpful for you. I want to really, I'm going to challenge you this week that if you have kids in your home or if you have friends or family that have kids, encourage them to get the kids in the kitchen. Let them help you. Let them see what they're going to be having. Answer their questions. Or when you don't know what the answer is, don't feel the pressure. You are not supposed to be a nutrition expert. Let them know, hey, I don't know the answer to that, but I would have loved to find out for you. And shoot me a DM and I will answer it if I can, or I will find out the answer for you. Okay. Same concept. So I just want to give you, especially if you are a parent here and you are wanting to help your kids to have a healthy relationship with food while also learning to enjoy and appreciate and encourage general nutrition, just take those small steps. Find one of these four strategies today and start implementing it in your home this week. Again, I hope this has been helpful. We still have two episodes left in our general nutrition series this month. And so I will see you again in the next episode. And as always, friends, may you be filled with joy and abound in hope.